0: Morning, my dogs. Flipping hell, Joe. It's been absolutely ages. It's the 14th of October. I think the last time that we recorded a podcast was somewhere in December, uh, September. You've been to Hawaii. You did some sort of race. Um, I've been through uh, flipping depression and all that. But um, yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back. <laughs> how are you doing
1: yeah good mate good to be back it's been uh the f- last time we spoke was uh first week oh even it? the dogs
0: uh, the oh, dogs God, are they back they, can you they always keep wait, them they, in until the...
1: we're doing i oh, know they always wait until we're doing the podcast don't they oh,
0: wait shush. flipping yeah what what are we gonna do Laura about this? this come just on
1: i i know i think laura's just come in the door but they always wait don't they until we start recording before they do it they've just been completely silent for the last like 20 minutes haven't they
0: yeah, we did a two and a half hour call, or something like that, this morning, and then also we didn't hear any dogs. But anyway, um before before we're gonna talk about the uh, the world championships and all the races and all that, how have you got any highs and lows, mate?
1: Um oh the lows, definitely the travel back from Kona It's horrendous, isn't it? Um also I had a right nightmare with my bike, mate. You won't believe this. This is a pretty a big low, right? So when we booked the trip, because Laura was coming out at different times, me and I was going out at different times, I booked my tickets as like individual ones, you know, not like a standard return. Like, so for instance, like London to Kona on the thing twice for them and it's all taken care of. So I booked them individually. So anyway, on the way back, we flew from Kona to Maui, Maui to LA, staying the night in LA, then flight doing the LA to uh, London bit the next day. But anyway, check the bikes in at Kona. Bike doesn't make it to Maui. And we're like, oh, bit of a nightmare. Like, that's annoying. Um, so I check with the airline, and say, what's the deal? Like, because our ticket said just says Maui. It doesn't even say like Kona's mm-hmm. LA, because at least then you'd know it's gonna be in LA. Um, and they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, we think it might end up going to LA, but it might end up stopping at Maui, and also it could end up in London. So basically they didn't have a clue what was gonna happen with it. So, anyway, so I ended up speaking to my mum, who was flying out the next day from Kona, and I said, Mum. He just goes to the Kona airport and I like, speak to him and just get the bike and you take it back. And I'll wait for you at the airport before driving back. Because I'm like, I can just see my bike getting stuck in Maui and no one being there to get it. And it just being left there but, and no one knowing where it is.
0: Yeah. That's a champion yeah, so, champion's bike, isn't it? But haven't you got 16 bikes anyway, Joe? A guy like your caliber should no, have that, 15 that a, bikes or something.
1: Well, <laughs> well that was my training <laughs> bike and they were taking my racing bikes. My dad took my race bike out anyway. <laughs> um but anyway when they got to the airport they weren't going to let them pick the bike up and the woman said yeah well, the bike will just end, end up in maui and it will just stay there and we and she was like we were like told her what the deal was and she was like well don't worry about it just claim for the bike if it doesn't turn up and i said to them, claim for the bike i said to my mom i said like the limit the your max limit what you can claim for is three and a half thousand dollars you know if it's a ten or a twelve thousand dollar bike you know you you're you're well down aren't you but that was yeah. their solution was just you know have to sacrifice losing the bike and don't worry you can put a claim in anyway i told my mum, like you know be a bit pushy try and get the bike so they managed to get it in the end and they were able to like take it there but it was a bit of a shit show and i was getting a bit worried thinking god i'm gonna lose a bike on the way back from kona So like, you know i was actually tempted to fly back from maui to kona and so just, in like, the end you end up in the prize money but then you're
0: <laughs> So you end up in the price money, but then you're losing your twelve grand bike. There's a loss anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's basically what they were saying. They were basically saying, you know, you'll have to accept that you're not going to get the bike. You're not that you're going to lose your bike, and uh, don't worry about it because you can get three and a half thousand dollars back. It's like, yeah, well, that's all right if the bike's only worth three thousand. You know, um, but um, so anyway, that was got it. that was stressful. Did,
0: were you um, were you pinging in the business class, my man?
1: Nah, mate, they didn't have any upgrades. Couldn't upgrade on miles, couldn't upgrade on anything. So I was like, it was slum just, it, mate. it, it was it just
0: Joe Skipper, man of the crowd, man of the people, sitting in economy class. Just
1: man of the people, mate. Keeps you hungry, keeps you hungry. It for does more. keep
0: you hungry, it does. <laughs> and I think, I think economy sees you better. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's better stories in the economy. Uh, you get to know each other better, and that's what Trial on Mockery is all about. I'd say it's, it's, it's like the economy. Ferdino is business class. We are economy. <laughs> we we aren't distant to the people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're men of the people. <laughs>
0: um. So that that's the high, highs and lows. Or have you got any? Have you got any juice for it? Oh, no, I've got the high it's with two BMR, and a half week. mate.
1: Did did my first? Yeah, I, I wanted to. I wanted to talk BMR. about.
0: How did that win? Because
1: you want to talk about it? as
0: the reigning world champion. Duathlon beer mile. I'm very interested in your tactics. Did you manage to get the world title? What was your paces? And especially on the flipping beer drinking. That's what the people want to know. We actually don't really care about Kona. We want to know all about the beer mile, the triathlon mockery beer mile.
1: Well, the beer mile was actually, I think, 1.9 Ks because I've seen other people's Strava of it. So I don't Mm -hmm. know um, what the, uh, I think that's what the actual distance was. It was just four laps around the old airport loop, the small loop, whatever that is. And um, my tactic was to try and make time up on the run. I, was going, I knew I was going to lose it against some of them Aussies and uh, New Zealanders because they can fucking drink, can't they? You know what they're like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know what started they're off, like, yeah. I actually did the first beer pretty well. I was in about fourth place after the first beer, fourth, fifth place once we drank it. this bear in mind, there's about 20 people that did it. Um, run my way up to about second, first or second after the first run. Started the next run, good position. I must have started it in about second or third. It was definitely in first, I think, at the end of that one, then a guy started coming through.: did, did, who was wearing, did like, any flipping. any
0: bit did chimp did catch up, catch up on you because you were saying you were in first, you were loving it, it was your own race. People were cheering you around, yeah. you. were you thinking, did, I've got this one in yeah, the back? When
1: I was doing the drinking? I did, yeah, after the second one, when I hit, when I went into like transition three, you know, going for my third beer and I was in first place, I was thinking, I oh, fucking got this, you know like, <laughs> yeah. I'm already ahead of the people that were drinking quicker than me. Like, if like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting sweet, but then this guy and budgie smugglers started coming through the field. And I think he leapfrogged me there at the start of the third beer. I then caught him up and overtook him again. Then went into the fourth. I heard people saying there's three of them. There's three, it's down to the last three coming into the last beer. I, we kind of, three of us all hit the last beer pretty much together. There must've been like two seconds between us. Something yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah. I just struggled, mate. I just could barely get the fucking thing down. Like I was gagging when I was drinking Whoa, really? it. You know, I nearly like choked on it. Oh my God. Like I had so much air, I think in the tummy, I should have just fucking manned up and done it and risk spewing. But like, I was like, next training camp I,
0: in our off season training camp, I'll put you on the training program <clears> and I'll make sure you're able to, to down a liter of beer uh, pretty quick without your tummy but, problems. Come on. What think, is this? Yeah. You know, if you train with fish and chips, no, you can do tummy with problems. So was,
1: yep. I know. I just felt like I was like going to throw up, I up like, skip I there, the stomach and, and end up like, yeah, I end up like, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's like, that's like the age group Iron Man story in it. Like I had stomach yeah. problems on the run, <laughs> but like, I nearly <laughs> threw up like, and then like every time you started running, you could just hear like people burping. Like they were like, going the, yeah, yeah. That, cause I had like, like, I just picked the beer that tastes nice. I didn't, there was no strategy for mine. Um, so I picked like a pale ale. So I was down, like down in like four pale ales. I should like people were sending me tips, like, you know, you want to go for a bud or something like that, some easy drinking one. Um, but I went for that. <laughs> budgie smugglers. Yeah, budgie smugglers like pulled away. Then there was another guy who come through, he pulled away, and there was about four seconds between each of us. So f- first place was about four or five seconds starting the last leg ahead a second. Then I was about another five seconds back, four or five seconds. I lost a shitload of time, as you can see. I probably lost ten seconds to him, and the second one, I just couldn't get the damn thing down. Maybe a bit less, maybe a bit less. Maybe I was like eight seconds. So you came in at the end, you came in third. Yeah, and and starting that last run, I was like, do I end it? Do I just absolutely bury myself to try and catch him? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got it in me, you know. I don't know if I've got it in me. And then I like, towards the end, (laughs) I started pushing it a bit harder. And I think I fit, like, I was probably third about maybe six, seven seconds behind first and about three seconds behind second. Um, But it was a solid run out. I think we did just under 2K in seven minutes, something, including the beer drinking. It's Not bad, is it? After day Dude, after an man. next
0: year in Kona, I'll be there. You're going to be there, and that trial flow mockery beer mile is going to have at least 50 participants. 100%, I guarantee you that it was more
1: fun, mate. It was more fun than the actual Ironman. That was the highlight. That was that was that was because you already That's had great.
0: like how many people competing this year? 30? How many people were there? We didn't even 20, promote
1: 25? it. Oh. There, watching it in total and everything, 40 people there, 45 people. And exactly. a lot of people Mockery, would have done, like...
0: The barbecue in St. george some also there. had for no like 20. Part. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no True. females took True. part. So we need to get some more.
0: All right, we've I got mean, what here would be good obviously. is what
1: you could do. Next year, what you could do is, because there's a nice area, beach area there is, you could have the Triathlon Mockery barbecue and stuff at the beach. So you're all having a barbecue, you're down by the beach, and then at, like, say, 4 p.m., you uh, do the beer mile. So, you know, you could have a few drinks before you even start the beer mile. Bit of practice.
0: So you warm that belly up. I'm curious how you're going to yeah. cope with them bubbles then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll definitely be feeling that.
0: <laughs> all right. And so that's your the after parties, mate afterwards mate for me it was so flipping hard seeing everyone having all the fun and um well obviously uh to me there was more to it why i wasn't in kona you were all going through the highest of highs i was going through the lowest of lows uh i won't go into any details but um yeah mate i would have loved to be there and um give it some on the bmo yeah but next year next year yeah definitely next year um i really haven't got any highs and lows cuz i haven't really been doing any training i haven't been doing i've been in the k hole um going through some shit sh- right now um life hits joe life hits yeah in there um <laughs> in the, just nothing training wise but um, I've been going through a lot of stress and all that. Like, couldn't really do any training and had to move house. And and you know, sometimes life hits you. And then, uh, and now, um, an end of season nine
1: man, an end of season nine man seems seems a million years away now, doesn't it?
0: It. It does really, it does really because <laughs> it's the fourteenth of, of October and if you look at my Strava is um it's 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 like a roller coaster. Do you know? I think sometimes my life is like a soap, because I don't like to moan about anything. Like I like to proper, like work hard, don't complain, like I'm tired or I'm this or I'm that. But I feel like my do you know one of these reality shows that always something is going on, like a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, I like them. I enjoy yeah. them.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what my More like life is. Like a Lionel
1: is. Sanders blog.
0: Yeah, like a Lionel Sanders like And that is really what my life? Is. Since I've turned professional, it's either I, I have a bad crash, I get COVID, or or now this stuff. Um, there's always something going on that interrupts my consistent training. And I hope from now on that stuff will end. I feel like I'm getting COVID again. Really. Yeah, There's been a lot yeah. of it
1: around, a lot of it around. It Apparently, is, yeah, it Baden is, it is.
0: At, Yeah, yeah, the sort of sad, um, yeah, an ill chimp. Um, yeah, but anyway, like, um, I, I want to get cracking again, find some rhythm and uh, slowly uh, starting to feel better now. But yeah, mate, like, um, probably not an end of season Ironman, but yes, we are going to do some training again, probably, won't we?
1: Yeah. yeah, Let me uh,
0: let us talk about Kona because that's what the people want to hear, right? A little bit of Kona. Yeah. What is it we have got up your sleeve? Pre race week first, or the gossips in town?
1: I don't mind. Yeah. Talk about. There wasn't actually much gossip, to be honest, in town. Like every, it was a bit weird from previous years because, like in previous years, everyone's in the town, aren't they? Like very few people stay in Waikoloa, don't they, or anywhere. Whereas it felt like this year, a lot of people were staying in Waikola, which for anyone who doesn't know, is about 25 miles away, 40K. So it's a good, like, what would you say? 40 minutes outside of Kona. Um, mm-hmm. So loads of people were staying there. So like, especially a lot of the pros. So you didn't see as many people pre-race as what you would normally. You know, it felt like you were a bit out of it, you know, and I was staying right in town. Um, so that was, a bit of a, that was a bit of a shame, really. Um, did some training with, with Lionel. Pre race, he was like the only pro. Really did some with him and Colin Chartier um, mm-hmm. and Rudy von Berg. That that was that was quite fun doing some bike sessions with them. You'd have loved that.
0: Um, what about the um, swims, as to- of when did all the age groupers came in town? That you would say it's getting very oh. busy, and I'm getting excited. I want to train a lot.
1: Weekend before the race, not as early as before normally. Normally, I that? always thought it was too. Do you think because before, the prices went up? i I 100% think because of the price, like normally in the past, I think you normally see the age groupers come into town like two weeks before and you get the bus, yeah. whereas this time I would say it felt like the weekend before. So it was only really like start of race week because I remember mm-hmm. Lewis left on the Sunday and it was only just before he left when you really noticed it because even on the Thursday and Friday, he was like, it's not very busy. I'd have thought I'd have seen more cyclists. And like I remember riding on the Friday and I think you just see one or two people cycling on the Queen K. Whereas I think yeah. in previous years, Friday before the race, you would have seen absolutely shitloads. It would have been one person after another, big groups. And it was only really like that actually on race week, like from Monday onwards on race week,
0: Tuesday mm-hmm.
1: onwards. So I would, and you think for the females race, that's only two or three days for the females race. And, and how so was it then many um, people coming into town?
0: How was it then coming back from two and a half years, no Kona? and uh, now you're back on the island. How did that feel?
1: It was good to be back there, but I would say there was uh, the, a lot of the residents weren't as friendly as what they had been in previous years. I think there's a lot more people that have moved there like in previous years when, and when you've been there. Did you ever feel like any people that lived there didn't really like the Ironman? I never really experienced any of that, did you? Like It seemed like everyone was super positive, really happy, and they all liked it. What about you?
0: Um. Yeah, I do think that, but still, uh, there were also some people on the island that all find it a bit of a hassle because the whole town is closed off, all the roadblocks. They. Uh, yeah, but did you ever see Americans any of that? tend to not did really like re- cyclists in the big trucks? Um, a little bit maybe, yeah, but I not know, but really did bad. Did see it? No, not. Like, really I never bad.
1: experienced it. There might have been some people like that, but I never actually met anyone like that. Whereas this time, we met a lot of people like that you know, that were like Mm -hmm. aggressive, like trying to literally run you off the road and stuff on the bike. I didn't really think it was that good for cycling. Like if you went anywhere else other than the Queen K, the drivers were like mega aggressive, you know, like even driving towards you and stuff, you know, and on purpose Mm -hmm. and deliberately doing things. Some of the residents said they didn't really like it. I definitely didn't think it was as welcoming as what it had been in previous years. It got better as the race went on, but as the week went on, but I think that was mainly because more people that Mm -hmm. were doing the race came into town so you didn't see as many of the locals, or they were a lot harder to distinguish than before. But certainly, yeah. when we were there two weeks out, there was a lot of people that didn't like the race, and there wasn't as good at- atmosphere.
0: But in in contradiction to that, did you meet any fans of the show that did support you?
1: Oh yeah, like, there was loads of fans of the show. Loads of people said, oh, "I like the podcast. Listen to the podcast." So that was really good. Like it was the the highlight. To be honest, was meeting the fans of the show. And everything like that, you know, I'd say that that was the the biggest highlight of um of the of the time there.
0: All the dogs pe- barking. <laughs> All the
1: dogs, yeah, loads of people barking. It was absolutely crazy.
0: Well, it's, it's almost been uh, a year since we since we started the whole uh, whole the lot.
1: Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's gone quick, isn't it? One of the good things about the races, as well, or being in Kona, is the water, isn't it? You know, the swimming in the sit in the ocean. Like seeing all yeah. the fish, turtles, dolphins, and really warm. Like that was awesome. Um, but but was would, you, would you say
0: if you really like snorkeling and you like fish and you like dolphins, you need to qualify for the Ironman World Championships because you can swim with these things? Or would you say just go on a holiday to Greece or Egypt, you could do the same shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, you could say that. To be honest, I think personally, in regards to like talking up with the race and stuff, whether or not it should be there, I think it's definitely time it moves now. Like after yep. actually experiencing it this year and seeing what's like, I think the race needs to move. I don't think the locals are really in on it. I think the expenses have got too high. And then I was thinking when I was out running today, because um, I was listening to a podcast and they were actually talking about it, a bit about it, and um, I thought actually a lot of the spectators that were there, ninety-five percent of the spectators were only cheering because they had either raced on the Thursday, you know, like, so they mm-hmm. were there already or they were just supporters of other athletes or they were sponsors. I don't think any locals or maybe three or 4% of locals probably come out and actually supported the race. I, I would say 95% of people were only out there supporting because they were with someone who was racing. So they we're out there cheering anyway, or they were like a sponsor or something like that they had you know they had some connection to the race they weren't actually local people that had come out and i think like why would you bother to have a world champs in an area like that where the locals don't even really care about the race you know they're not even out there watching it what's what what is the appeal with that doesn't really make sense to me um well and the course is uh, terrible isn't it like the course is dreadful i mean compared to what you could do in europe I mean,
0: the course is really boring and, and, and um, the conditions are very brutal. But I also think the only reason why Kona is Kona is because of the history and because it's absolutely magical place. I mean, you'd say, I'm going to the World Championships in Hawaii. It's pretty different than saying, Yeah, I, I qualified. I'm going to the World Championships in Dresden, Germany.
1: Yeah, but does it sound more magical for us because it is so far away? You know, like, imagine if the World Championships was in the Alps in France. Surely, like, to someone who's from America or from a- or from Asia, that would be fucking cool and iconic, wouldn't it? You know? I don't like, know. Is it just Hawaii, How- it magical for us? Like
0: To me, Hawaii like, sounds, pictures, sounds special.
1: Yeah, it sounds special. But you look at the pictures from the race and it looks a bit shit. You know, imagine you looking at pictures of someone, like, cycling up a big mountain in the Alps. You know, imagine the Emberman course seeing some epic pictures like that and the world's best racing around that course. And the thing is with if you had it in Europe, it's that I think it's the home of triathlon, really, that the race would be stacked with fans. Like it wouldn't just be people that were racing. It would be out there cheering. You would get everyone come out and that course would be lined. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't just be like Kona. I mean, you think the race in Kona, you get a few fans at Harvey, you get a few hat fans at the end of the Queen K in Quaihai. And then in town, there's nothing else. The atmosphere is pretty rubbish. I'd say it's probably one of the worst causes for atmosphere in the world.
0: Like, well, yeah. You, know, you that, get
1: that, uh, on Alley Drive and
0: that's it. That's that's obviously true. But it's... Um, I mean, for, for age groupers, I'd say um, it's something magical to once in a lifetime where you would go to... I mean, if you... You need one reason to go to Hawaii, and it is the full Iron Man. Otherwise, if I would have if I wouldn't have done Iron Man, I would probably have never gone to Hawaii my whole life. And everyone in the world knows yeah, probably I mean, Hawaii from good. all the movies. But if you, what about France? If you're thinking like, all right, France, I'll just drive down to the south of France and I'll do a bit of cycling and running. Boom, you're there. You know.
1: Yeah, but that's for us. But like Californians would just travel to Hawaii. like It's nothing because they can fly there for three hundred quid, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like they, they can't just, if you're in California, you can't just drive to the South of France, Kenya. So for them, that might be that once in a lifetime trip that takes them to the Alps, but surely you need to bring it to decent courses. Imagine if you had the race going up the climbs, what you get in like tour of Flanders or something where people lined up all of them. And then you had a bit of flat and then you had a really cool run course. It would just be so much better. Like it would that, be that course, in, in Belgium I, I over, mean,
0: over the mirror, over the mirror.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you imagine you've got five of them climbs, people aligned like they are in Flanders cheering you on as you go up there, you know, that would be absolutely epic, you know, and you could even have the age groupers on one day and have the pros the next day, you know, so then you could kind of do like a bit of a lapped course, you know, like free mm-hmm. a, t- a free lap bike course for the for the male pros. Be yeah. absolutely mental. That would be
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's go over to, um, to race day, Joe. Race day, race morning talk me through. Uh, Taught me through that. Did you get your brekkie down?
1: Yeah, I'm, I only had a couple of bagels, mate, for breakfast. To be honest, like, I don't eat as much before an Ironman now as I used to. I think like you just get bloated otherwise, and you feel terrible. But and then I just like sip on like energy drink, have an energy bar and gels stuff like that. You know, get the carbs in like that. Feels like less.
0: What about the nerve nerves? Tell tell me uh, about the nerves. Do you think it was worse than all the races because also uh, the, the 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 performance you've put down in Wales maybe you have put some pressure on it that you're actually uh, you saw that that you are you you have the ability to maybe become world champion. Did you feel any extra pressure?
1: Not really. No, I didn't really have any extra nerves than normal, to be honest. Like than what I would normally have there. I mean, to be honest, I was looking forward to it and I was quite excited. There was a bit of nerves but more excitement rather than nerves to be honest like yeah I I wouldn't say it felt too bad it was like a decent amount you know enough where you're going to get a bit of a boost but not too much that you're like shitting yourself because sometimes I think it's worst first race of the season to be honest I always think the, fir- the first race of the season or like getting back into it is the worst because you kind of wonder how you're going to do after like having not raced you know, for the whole winter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas yeah. like having, when you haven't raced recently, was, you know, you're in good form, don't you?
0: Cause uh, we need to tell everyone, if you get nervous, you always get a bit wishy-washy in the hat, don't you? You start to forget things. <laughs> I know you start to forget well, I always things. Forget
1: things. I, I, always, <laughs> I always forget things for a race.
0: What was the thing in Kona that you forgot?
1: Um, I forgot my bottles to put on my race, my drink bottles to put on my race bike.
0: <laughs> All right, so nothing serious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Literally, but luckily I remembered after about two minutes of walking out the door, two or three minutes. But like, if I was like staying in Waikalo and I realised once I got to Kona, it'd be a bit of a nightmare, wouldn't it? You know, because I wouldn't be getting them, would I? It'd be like someone have to drive an hour and a half, you know, an hour round trip to go and pick them up. Um so luckily it wasn't too bad. But I did hear that one of the other pros, I think it might have been Lisa Norden. Who I had forgot her swim costume and everything before. Or her suit before the race and stuff like that.
0: Well, so that's she had bad, to do it? it in in like what in in like an Ironman kit or what?
1: Yeah, she had to do it in like uh, Ironman finishers T-shirt. They let her borrow one.
0: <laughs> you can right?
1: <laughs> no, someone went home and got it. Someone went home and got it for her. Apparently, right. <laughs> that was what one of the referees said. I don't know. I don't know. How, like what? If that's true. Um, but he was like, "Oh, all it's right. not like what you're swim. not like one of the females." Sw-
0: swim start. I uh, I remember looking at the live stream. Um, you you did this small little interview. I did find you a little bit nervous, but that is all right. I mean, uh, it is it is on a grand stage. Um, walking what down, did I say? On the swim. Swim. What did they say? Uh, what
1: did they uh, say then uh, on the swim when
0: they? Uh, I don't even know. But you were like, hey, uh, "Hello, I I am Joe," and uh, something no, like that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really know. Yeah. But it was more like, how, "How do you feel? Are you looking forward to it? Something like that, just something generic." But was um, i in
1: transition when he did that,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you're always going to be a bit nervous. Like you? you're going to have something. Yeah, nerves, of course. You, it's you know, normal. It's people,
0: normal. You know? it's, <laughs> it's It's all right. It's all right, Joe. But I'm just trying to to get you back to that moment, <laughs> suck you in it. um So you fix everything on your bike into the water, your favorite discipline. Um, where did you position yourself?
1: right on the far left literally like right next to that boy
0: who was around you it's
1: like peter heimrich there and peter heimrich sam laid low and i can't remember who was to the right you know i was with sam because i was going to jump on his feet you know me and him swim pretty similar don't we
0: yeah you do yeah (laughs) but um why why was your choice to swim all the way over to the left with uh front front uh back swimmers like what was the tactics what did you have in mind
1: it just looked a good place it just looked a good place and it just drawn me in mate i, I didn't even know who was there when i went over there i was just like doing a bit all of right. warm-up loads of people had already gathered on the line and i was like oh fuck they've already took all the best places where do yeah. i want to squeeze myself into and i looked around and i thought left looks good left looks good and so i went there
0: and um, um did you regret the choice afterwards the year. I no, mean, you, you, you can place, always I look actually, back. Right. You, you can always look back back on something and say, "I would have done this different." So, with regards to the swim,
1: no, that was best best place I could have started. Got a fantastic start. Like I couldn't fault it. To be fair, like had a All great right. start. Um, Sam Sam Laidler was actually uh, he started just behind me in the order, and because it was like people were trying to fight, aren't they? You know, to get right at the front, right at the front. Yeah. And he said, oh, "I'm just going to let you guys start in front." He goes, "I can't be asked to." I can't be asked to fight for a position. I'll just swim around you after it goes. <laughs> so, you know, he? he was obviously pretty confident in his swim. Yeah. He just started second row. Didn't even start on the first row. He said, look, I can't be asked to fight at the start of the swim. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait until you guys are gone and I'll swim around you and that I'll be all right.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: That's what you ought to say to someone next time, Tom, when you do no, it. I, 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 boys, just, I just
0: find it, no, I just find it funny that a, uh, a front pack uh, or a lead out swimmer uh, has got the same tactics as what I've got in the swim. So I'm thinking, did he see that I was doing that in Almere? And did he then think like, wow, he swam 54 minutes in Almere. I'm going to do that for the world championship. They start second row trying to swim around. Is that what
1: you said Almere? Don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. I'll start behind you. And no, if I'm lucky, I I'll, might. You might feel me touch your feet. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're lucky, I'll touch your feet. If it's not yours, probably off some age grouper. But um, yeah, I'll be on the second okay. row.
1: So now I got a really good start, <laughs> and I was literally right in amongst it in the front group. I could see the car, the canoe, for absolutely ages. Uh, I reckon I must have kind of been in that group for a good 800 meters. It felt like a good 10 minutes, 15, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes, and it wasn't much longer. After I got dropped from that, that we got to the boat, like it must've been 10 minutes top, five, 10 minutes top. So I think I was in that for ages. Um, The annoying thing was people kept touching me. You know, when you kind of clash and you come together because you're both trying to swim on someone's feet, aren't you? You're on someone's feet, it's going good. You're putting the perfect effort level. Who was the bully? Who was the bully? I don't know who it was, but it was like perfect effort level. You're working hard, you're on the feet and you know you can sustain it but someone's trying to get on that feet they knock you away and then you end up losing the feet falling a bit further back in the pack and i didn't have the extra to bridge you know to like give myself a boost in there you know to put a surge in to move up
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i could
1: tell i was swimming like um close to christian at one point because i could recognize he had like a got bronzy gold kind of hat on and i could you know them dot them like circles on the trim text tri suit i could see that yeah so i knew i was in a good position It felt good. It was just so flipping annoying that that happened. It happened to me like two or three times. And in the end, I kept fell out the back of the pack. And obviously, I didn't have any extra to like to put a surgeon to move up. So it was very, it was like close, but not close enough. And then end up it falling into the group that I was in. And it felt really slow. I was like third person, I think, in that group for like all the way back from the boat. And you know, when you're swimming along and it feels like you're swimming way too slow for what you should do. I mean, like I could have gone on the front, but if I'd have gone on the front, Cause I'd have been working harder. We probably wouldn't have ended up going much quicker, maybe 30 seconds quicker, but I'd have put a lot more effort in, but it was just a mm-hmm. shame that there wasn't anyone quicker pulling that front, that group, I was in along because we, I could have done with going a lot faster now. And, you know, I felt like I was almost doing catch up on the feet in front, um, yeah. but we got out four and a half minutes down. I was actually surprised because I felt thought with the effort, what it felt like it might've been more, but the only downside for me was when we got out, there was a massive group in the front. And obviously, Christian and Gustav were in that group, which was great for them, but really bad for everyone else. Like you know, in our group, because ideally, you wanted them to get dropped and be in no man's land. Um, yeah, you know. So you and the winds didn't really play.
0: And... The winds didn't really play parts as well, right? It was a quite a calm day. Whereas normally on the way back, wasn't there like a tailwind on the last fifty k? So I read tailwind something. Tailwind on like the way that. back. Yeah, that yeah, is shocking. So you a want, a, you want a massive? Yeah, yeah. It was you a wind
1: out. It was a bit I think it was a bit slow going out, to be honest, because we were only going mm-hmm. like forty Ks now, forty, you know, for just over forty for quite a while, which is really slow on them roads. And then but on the way back, it, the wind picks up later in the day. So it was an even stronger tower wind back. And it was very fast. You know, you're doing like fifty K's now pretty much most of the way back. So like way faster than what you'd normally get. If it was really windy and horrible, it would have been good. I mean, to be honest, the downside for me was when we got to like on the bike, I was in a good group and we were working well. Well, actually saying that, like starting the bike, I think Cam Worth must have had a good transition and then put a bit of time into us at of transition because I didn't see him go. But like I saw a video what someone posted up and around the first corner, he was about 10, 15, 10 seconds ahead of me.
0: He yeah, must have I saw gone really it.
1: hard. Cause I, and then he also had he had 40 seconds on me going up Polani, but managed to bridge up to him, took a few people with me. Like I did like 30 minutes on the front and then Leon Chevalier probably did the last five or six minutes, closed the gap to Cam. Um And then we said to him, let's do five minute turns. I did a five minute turn. Then Cam did a bit, like a couple of minutes. And then Leon actually got a draft and pen or not. No, he didn't get a draft. Pen- he lost a bottle. Un really unluckily, like from an aid station it fell out. Totally not his fault. But they gave him a one minute penalty for it, which was really Why? shit. So he stopped at like the end because he lost the bottle. They were really strict on that for some reason, even though it wasn't your fault. like They came up to me later in the race. He said, your bottle's almost fallen out of the cage. If it falls out, I'm going to give you a penalty. So I had to mess around. That was, in the end, what screwed me over because I ended up getting dropped after that because I, had to, I was messing around with my bottle. Yeah, I, I was thinking that of because it
0: was towards the end of the bike, all of a sudden you couldn't hold Camworth's and Keenley's wheel anymore. And I was thinking, like, why did no, he get it was dropped? it Leon, in your-
1: mate. It was Leon Chevalier, He put a huge dig in. Huge. He was the strongest guy in that group. Strongest guy. He got a minute penalty, served it in Moniquet in uh, Monolani, And by the time before we got up to Harvey, he bridged back up to us, got on the front and started smashing it. He was a level above uh, what well, all of us, yeah, when we were in that group on the climbs. He, wow. he, he bridged up to Cam like he wasn't moving, mate. Honestly, it, very impressive. He got like a 4.09 bike split, and that's including his minute penalty. So you can think, that, you know, it was actually like 4.08 of ride time. You know, it would have been the second fastest bike split of the day. Um, what
0: um, did you ask him afterwards uh, what his uh, power data was? Because I know you're a geek. You're a geek. Yeah, yeah, you asked yeah. him for sure. Go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think his average was just under 270 watts. So really strong. But he's ride. really
0: light. Light and, and he's
1: aero. Yeah, he's light and aero. But he said the hardest bit was when I was on the front at the start on the Queen K because obviously I'm bigger and I was riding like, I think I did the first 40 minutes at 345 watts, something like that. So obviously, cause he's lighter and keeping the disc, you know, obviously having to keep, and it was a bit of a cross headwind. Um, mm-hmm. So the crosswind would have been making it hard for people. He was actually probably having to work quite hard cause he's quite light. He was probably putting out, you know, 320, something like that watts, 325, which probably a decent amount for him. But then when he was on the hills, he could go, you know, up Harvey. He probably only had to put 300 watts out, 310, but you know, I stopped probably having to put out 350, 340 to go the yeah. same speed as him. And it's further in the race. He got more fatigue. And anyway, going down the hill from Harvey, that was where I'd sort my bottles out keenly and someone else came past me. And then we hit the climb going up back onto the Queen K. He put a big dig in. He said he was doing 400 and something watts. I was doing 400 and something watts. I overtook the people that got dropped because two or three people got dropped in front of me. I went about the same speed as the guys in front. But because then people got dropped in front of me, the gap was then 40 meters because I just basically kept the same speed, but there was three people in who were in the gap that were gone. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I could have probably tried to close it, but I would have had to gone like really hard and it's quite hot. And I'm like, am I going to gain much more from like putting this big dig in just to probably ride a similar pace to what I'm going to anyway, on the way back in, you know, um, So I kind of just rode at my own pace and I didn't have to worry about drafting, you know, because it's quite stressful sometimes when you're riding in the group, you know, especially when you know what the marshals are like in Kona, you know, if you go slightly too close, but like two seconds, you're going to get a penalty. So I was like, what am I going to gain? Like, you know, I'm just gonna have to be constantly like on the brakes on the, you know, on the accelerator. So I just rode myself. I probably lost about another minute and a, a minute and a half or something on the way back. But at least I was able to like cool down and like when it was really fast sections, I just came right off the power. And when it was easier, I just put push a bit harder. So it was like that. i think the only on downside the on the bike downside for no, me uh, was when we got to Harvey and I saw like loads of the, the people up front. And I think, I know we harp on about this all the time. There was way too many motos with the groups. Like it, they need, they need to sort something out about that because you've got eight motorbikes with the front group. And it's just like, why do we need eight motorbikes? People say the coverage, half of these bikes didn't even have a camera on them, you know? And that really mm-hmm. does wind me up because they need to do something about that. And not many people address it. All of us athletes spoke at the end, like who saw it and we're like, this is bullshit, you know, that people don't say it enough. And you know, races just need to be more on it because it does affect outcomes of races. And you can't say that that amount of motorbikes didn't have an impact with the race. They definitely did. And it's just like, you know, results might have been the same had they not been there. But at least give us a fair race so we can see what the results would have been like, you know, because it's, it, that was bullshit. They were actually in the group, half of the motorbikes and not being funny, but I know what it's like from when I was in Switzerland like that. you get If someone's going to get dropped or you want it a bit easier, move 50 centimetres to the left and you save 50 watts instantly. Do you know what I mean? So you just don't yeah. get dropped, you know? And if they're in front, I mean, even from the study, what we post one motorbike, 40 meters in front, 3%, you get three motorbikes, 40 meters in front, you're probably saving 10%. So instead of doing 300 watts, three thirty. free you know, it's just, they need to sort that out. That was the massive downer because I knew then when we saw that, if I'm honest, once we saw that I knew the podium was gone, you know, it, it, and it was just like, your head just kind of goes, you're like, all oh, right, eight motorbikes with a lead group, well, there's no way that that's, that's it. that's, that's, that's the race gone. You know, we're racing mm-hmm. amongst ourselves in this group now and that that's yeah. frustrating that's not what racing should be about in my eyes it should did be this, an honest, uh, man, you
0: know, did this do something to you mentally when you came off the bike and yeah. I think you're def- you so you came off the bike and I think the deficit was something like 10 minutes wasn't it to the lead
1: um oh I wasn't what? yeah I wasn't actually too bothered about that because I thought Sam was going to blow up but it was only like four and a bit minutes to second place you know I think or you know, some four minute, four and a half minutes a second. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty decent, to be fair. Like if I'd have been yeah, in yeah, the definitely. Leon Chavellier group, I think it might have been like two minutes or something like, you know, a minute and a half. So, but what might it have been? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I won't go in anymore because you just sound like a broken record and it sounds like sour grapes, but it is very frustrating. I wish they'd sort, sort that out, you know, like especially when you emailed them like two days before after watching the women's race, you know. Um, but anyway, you can go on about it as much as you want, can't you? It just seems like well, that, don't really uh, care. That,
0: the hard, um, the hard thing, the hard thing um, of this is they do have briefings, uh, probably about a hundred percent, saying that they need to be cautious and all that. But the people that drive the motorbikes, uh, I would say nine out of ten, ten of these drivers probably don't have a flipping clue what a triathlon is and what a triathlete is, and and h- what kind of impact a motorbike has on a on a on a on a cyclist and then they'll just look around and think, all right, I'm 20 meters up front, I'm miles away. Um this is probably not an issue. I think it's just lack of knowledge really.
1: You know what yeah one thing what they should say is if you want to be a motorbike driver in a triathlon in a professional race, there needs to be a course and you get told all this on the course to get your accreditation to do it. So you're experienced and you're shown the advantages it has and where you have to position yourself because there needs Mm -hmm. to be more education for the actual riders then that way it wouldn't be the organization that has to brief these riders for them to actually work for the race they would have had to have passed an accreditation where they're actually told what how it affects the races and everything like that and there needs to be more education like you say for the motorbike drivers because it is total bullshit you know like you know what are we making the sport into like whoever gets out the water first gets the motorbikes i mean come on like you know it's just, I, it really winds me up, you know, and that's why I'm not racing Israel, mate, you know, another story, but like, I'm going to race Arizona because I've, I'm 99% sure that Israel will be another race where the group that gets out of the water 1st we'll get the motorbikes. I mean, I'll, we'll see how the race pans out, but I wouldn't be surprised if when you watch the race, you see a group of five getting motor paced to 15 minutes off the front, you know, something like that. Would you mm-hmm. be surprised by that in that race? If you see it, you know, um, you can tell what kind of races have it, can't and- you?
0: And you say it based on because it's a flat and fast course and also because... Um, flat, um, fast,
1: franchised out race. So I just don't think there'll be enough education amongst the race organization to tell the motorbike drivers they'll be thinking they're getting good coverage. They'll want a the fast time so they won't care about telling the motorbikers to do it because it looks great and then it sells more, pe- more out to more people because they all think fast mm-hmm. course, fast time. Yeah, I'll enter that race next year. I just, I, I can just tell, mate. Like I've seen seventy point three Dubai, <laughs> and every year that is a, that is a, that gets pulled. The people get pulled along every year by motorbike. By, you know, if you don't make the front group in Dubai seventy point three, then as a pro, don't even bother putting an entry in. You know, you're not going to be in the race. You know, it's simple. You, you know, well, you have to look I at mean, how the race. Yeah. Goes.
0: Hopefully, Iron Man Israel is going to prove us wrong. But um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, run. You're starting to run. It's going to be.
1: It's going to be a draft fest. It's going to be a draft fest. I guarantee. You.
0: <laughs> oh no, you never know. Israel, uh, yeah, Israel start. is quite. Israel is quite innovative, and who knows? They won't even have motorbikes, but just helicopters and drones.
1: Tuk tuks. You'll be drafting tuk tuks. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but run, mate. Run.
1: Yeah, start the run. Um, Started off pretty good, like uh, 3.40 to 3.45k pace felt pretty easy. And I'm like thinking, this is great. I think I'm going to run under 2.40. Um, Do the first 10k like that. And then we start Polani. And um, I run up that like shit, really. But I was expecting to run up it like shit. So I just like, you know, kind of eased up on the the effort, you know, to make sure I didn't overheat. When we got to the top, it was like the batteries had been taken out of me. And I'm running 4.05s. (laughs) for you know and it's just so frustrating it's like i get so hot that i just can't run hard and i'm like so limited like my heart rate was only like 140 something you know just like mm-hmm. i can go way harder but it's like if i go any harder then i just feel like i'm absolutely dying like i'm in a sauna or something it feels like the oh, i've got this of the every race
0: um, i've got this every race yeah
1: it's hard to just keep it like that I overt- I got some abuse from uh, bloody Cam, mate, as well. I got some abuse from him.
0: What, worth?
1: So, yeah. So he shouted something at me at, like, 4 or 5K in. Like, he'd give me a barrage of abuse. Like Because I'd spoken to him pre-race about, like, working together on the bike, like, trying to get, like, a little group, you know, who we thought we might be out with the water with, so we all knew what we were doing. Because it's not like you can have a conversation at the start on the bike, is it, with work- working out tactics? So I kind of tried to get him no. in a got like lionel like i had a conversation with lionel on the phone and we said like we'll do 10 minute turns leon chevalier was up for it camworth was like fuck off like i don't want anything to do you know like before it yeah so i think that's because he yeah because i think he thinks that like triathletes aren't gonna um help him you know he doesn't need him you know he thinks he's strong enough you know himself to do it whatever something like that so he just basically said that you know and i was like well, whatever like um and then in the race when we Come went past him. I said, "Let's do five minute turns." He was like, "All right, all right," and um, and then like he gave when he saw me at the turn, he shouted something at me. I can't remember what it was. I know it wasn't pleasant. Like it definitely wasn't something pleasant. I can't remember what he said. Um, and then I caught him just after the top of the line about okay in, and uh, and I said uh, <laughs> when he shouted some abuse at me, I was like, "Oh fuck off!" Like you know, <laughs> kind of thing, like <laughs> giving him some back. <laughs> And I caught him back okay, and he was like, you're a fucking embarrassment. <laughs> did he, I'm did like, he really, did he mean what? that? I or
0: was mean, he like, was he messing around or was he like serious in all seriousness?
1: No, no, I think he was being, I think he was being pretty serious. He said, you're a fucking embarrassment. And I said, oh, fuck off. Like I said, you know, like I, I, I said. I can hardly work with you and I've been fucking dropped. Can I, you know, at the end of the day, like I, they, dro- I, I got dropped didn't I, I got up the climb onto the queen Cape? I was there, you know, it wasn't like I sat yeah. on the back of him. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they all did something. So I can hardly work with you. I've been fucking dropped. Can I? Um, and he said, I'm just a part time. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself. And I was like, well, I don't see you asking like Sebi and all them to do some work. At least, you know, at least I did. Some. Um, and then I was like, mate, like uh, I was like, well, try and tuck him by the, the rod, you know. Um, but, yeah, he wasn't too happy. And then uh, he did say, well, good luck, good luck, go on, go for it kind of thing. But he wasn't too happy, you know. He, um,
0: why Why he was, was he? I mean, I, I I don't really get it. I mean, um, <laughs> I, why, why does it, <laughs> now, honestly, why does it frustration come from that? I don't get it. Because you're saying we're working together on the know, bike. You're not, you're not there. And then yeah, he, well, I didn't he really he do like, a
1: massive amount. Yeah, I didn't really do a massive amount. I'll admit, you know. But, like, he, like I think Leon did the lion's share of the work, to be honest, when we were all together. And the thing is, you can't really do much work up Harvey because you catch a big group there and you're trying to overtake riders, but you can't all go in one strip long line, can you? Because the rules are, if, it's all, if everyone's 12 metres ahead of each other, You have to overtake everyone. So if I was, say, following Cam and Leon or whatever, and I'm in third or fourth, and you're overtaking 10 people, Mm -hmm. and they just go right to the front, and then everyone else is 12 metres, but I'm in fourth, then I'll have to overtake all of them and go round, even, like, you know, the group in ours. And if someone puts a bit of a surge in, you can get to the point where they put a surge in, you then can't overtake that person because they've just, like, hit the gas, you know, for, like, 10 seconds. And if you don't overtake them in 25 seconds, boom, five-minute penalty. So it's a bit careful, you know, like a bit of leapfrogging and like waiting for your moments. So I couldn't mm-hmm. really do much. And then after the downhill of Harvey, you know, well I was I had to s- slow down because I'd sort my bottles out. And then on that climb, I got dropped and did the last hour and a bit by myself. So, um, but still, he's but yeah, he was so uh, very, very angry. Worth
0: saying, worth saying, he's a part timer. That's obviously flipping bullshit because he's a full time cyclist. So he's a full timer on the bike leg, and you're maybe a part timer oh, on yeah. the bike.
1: Yeah yeah it's his day job mate isn't it that's what pays his wages yeah. he was yeah. he was he was pissed man he was human like and, are you gonna uh, are you gonna yeah. send a
0: christmas card saying like hey mate it was uh i hope we can still be friends and uh i um i i, I want to be your friend on facebook as well something like that
1: <laughs> he's blocked me now on instagram
0: shut up really
1: no, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. I haven't checked, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, depends how pissed off he was, doesn't it? Yeah, on, I, I, I don't happy, believe
0: mate. that. Well, I ca- he can't be so pissed about that.
1: Oh, he's fuming, mate. He was absolutely fuming. I haven't seen him since the end of the race. He didn't even go into VIP. But at the end, you know, the athletes, like, bit. bit you know, he was gone, mate. Same with Lionel. Mm. Gone. Like, you know. All right. Um, and then. So run. Run. Go on. Anyway. So I overtook him, overtook Tim O'Donnell. And then I'm sitting in eighth place, like, and i go through the energy lab. I said to someone like uh, Cheatham's, like Rob and Susie Cheatham were cheering me on. Susie raced uh, the day before, I think she was 10th or 11th in the women's race. Um, her partner, like coaches Leon, coaches like Arnold, uh, Gillow, um, pretty decent French athlete and coaches like Susie. So like, cheer- they were cheering me on. And at that point, because I was dying, I was melting in the heat. I said, I said, I'm fucking done with Kona now. You know, like I was thinking I'm never coming back to this place. What's the point? Like, I can't, I hate the heat. I can't run in the heat. I'm melting. I'm running 405k pace. I'm like, this is pathetic. I'm going to get caught by Patrick. I'm probably going to get caught by Matt Hansen. Um, I see another French guy running me down, you know, that Clermont Mignon. We get to the end of the energy lab and I see he's about 40 seconds behind me, 50 seconds. And I'm like, bloody hell, I'm going to lose a place. Like you always do the maths, don't you? So you can see him when they're coming towards you. And like when you're running out and you're like, I think I might take so and so in front, but I think I might lose a place to this person. And I'm doing the math thinking like, where am I likely to finish? And I, you know, I'm thinking, God, I think I might lose one place, maybe two. Can I pick two more people off? Thinking, well, I might be able to get Leon. He's only 40 seconds in front of me and he's not really pulled away. Um and I saw Magnus and Keenley about two minutes. I'm like, mm, that will get them. Like, I'm not really feeling that good. Anyway, we go up the hill from the Energy Lab, get about to get onto the Queen K, and um, I get this massive block of ice, like huge, like an iceberg, literally like that. Like would, would you say massive,
0: the Titanic would um, would crack that that big?
1: They would crack the Titanic. Anyway, put it down, put it down in like my tri It's right in like my crotch area, isn't it? You know, on the poles, points, and stuff <laughs> on the side, you know, right on the side. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it really cooled me down. I got like a second wind Um, I started running faster. I really picked it up. Like I went from 405K pace to I think like a 340, then a 330 something, and then a 320 something. What? You know, literally in the space of about like 3K. Yeah, I had a 320 something like K. It's on Strava, you can see it, like 320 something K. Um, and I went from like eighth to fifth in probably the space of about literally 12 minutes, 13 minutes, like from, cause from like mile twenty, twenty to probably twenty three or twenty four. Yeah. yeah, it's probably five k. I went from like eighth to fifth, and everything's like, and I'm feeling fantastic at that point. You know, I'm running like twenty five seconds a k faster. Mm-hmm. My fastest five k of the race was eighteen minutes and five seconds, I think, or seven seconds, and that yeah. was along that bit. You know, um, which would is you, not would you bad. say you know, pretty decent? It's like two
0: that that block of but, ice. That block of ice did your race?
1: That block of ice got me fifth place, but it also got me horrific chafage or something. It did something to me, mate, because I haven't been able to walk properly since. Like I got what? some kind of like... Where, where
0: was it? Was it pain. in the, in the cr- crutch area? Crutch area?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, I, unbelievably painful. I've been suffering with it since. I wouldn't be able to ride a bike, you know, because of that ice, it did something to me. Um, but it's hmm. what you, what you take. Like, do you take like pain of the ice and getting fit and getting three positions higher or not like it was worth it i think it was worth it but it was painful you got fit and you got fucked. what would you have done i got yeah what what would you what would you well, do? would you have done I, it? I
0: can tell you i can tell you one behind the scenes story that i've been sharing on the podcast but um i had a block of ice in um in challenge almer and that one shaved my and I did the crotch. same thing Dude, but so bad it that my, my bum was flipping, bleeding, mate. I came over the finish line. Oh, my line.
1: God. That's what it did to me.
0: dude. That, came... that must have
1: been the ice then. I knew it was. Dude, I came like over the finish. Honestly, I've not I... been the same since.
0: Dude, <laughs> I came over the finish line and someone's saying, like, did you shit your pants? And I was saying, no. And I looked at my legs and it was like this <laughs> this red brown thing leaking from my thing. And I was like, flipping out! what <laughs> is that? and yeah, i was well thinking I didn't Did i even I didn't feel, have, have i glass? got no no feeling in my bum anymore and then i saw like his blood but it yeah, literally opened my uh, opened my hole up yeah
1: so it gave you hemorrhoids and it gave me some <laughs> massive chafing but yeah. like, what, yeah. but that's, that's obviously it's the ice game that's the ice game for you it's like if you want
0: well, if you're in a race and you're the, dying how was the shower afterwards then the shower afterwards,
1: unbelievably painful. Oh my god, unbelievably painful swimming in the <laughs> sea, unbelievably painful. Like, even just sat there, was like I've had to put iodine strips on it and everything. Oh my god, like, and that's actually made it a bit better. It's a bit better today, but oh my god, it was like absolute agony. Like, anything <laughs> touching to, it, like going in afterwards,
0: water. afterwards, I had to put Vaseline on it, like, so thick, like, I creeped my pants. But then I wouldn't feel anything. That's the only way. That's the only way oh, I could move around for a week. <laughs> and
1: you kept, that, that didn't even come up. How come that didn't come up? as a low in the show because you're a bit embarrassed. And you didn't
0: want it. <laughs> I and it and you I thought it still <laughs> rank. And so there was like, yeah, a, man, like the there I was like game. there was like this Dutch podcast where uh, there, there was about triathlon where uh, where they were saying. Yeah, and Tom came uh, across the finish line, and people thought he shit his pants. I thought, like, oh my god, people actually believe that I shit my pants. And then during the interview, I said, like, yeah, no, I think I think I just ran a hole in my bum, but uh, yeah, I was I was bleeding, mate. Yeah. I, I was oh, something man, like le- nice. leakage. I was uh, suffering.
1: I tell anyone yeah. listening to it, honestly, it's grim. You put a load of ice down it, and it's like that's the things what you do doing, Coney. You know, if someone asked me again, Joe, you're melting. You're feeling like crap. Do you want? this iceberg is probably, it, you know, you know what's going to happen. So give me the bloody ice. Give me two of them. Like, you know, yeah. I, you need all the help you can get. And you don't think about that, do you? But, but you pay the consequences afterwards. I wouldn't be able is, to ride. If I wanted to ride a bike at the moment now, I probably still couldn't ride. I haven't rode since the race because I just think it'd be too painful. Like maybe on the weekend I might be able to. It's getting better, trivia, so, you know. Try I'll, really, I'll share
0: some tricks, mate. I'll share some tricks. Put that thing on FaceTime Iron later really on. isn't I'll, healthy, is I'll, it? Quite, Oh. <laughs> Put that Iron thing on face level. <laughs> well, we'll apply the Vaseline. Anyway, I said to
1: Keenley's coach as well. We've got about 23 miles in, 24 miles in. He's about 10 seconds in front of me. And I'm thinking, wow, I've just taken it down from two minutes to like 20 seconds. I'm starting to, the catch is going to happen, I think, a bit, but your pace starts to slow a bit, doesn't it? You know, or well, the other person gets a second wind, probably a bit. Of yeah, life. yeah. So. I'm not taking as much time out per okay as what I was. And I said to him, this is going to come down to who wants it the most. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, we- this is my iron war. This is this is <laughs> this is my, this is my time. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I got him. I didn't dare look behind me. You know, I didn't even say anything to him. Like, you know, because I thought he's not going to want to let me go. You know, fifth place is like the last place in like that pre- press conference thing, isn't it? You know? Um, yeah. And it was the highest that we were racing for because the others were like miles ahead. Um, and then he came past. the coach said, oh, Sebi's going to come back to you. I'm thinking, bloody hell, like, uh, is he behind me or not? You know, I'm getting time splits, but they're all varied from different people, like different amounts. I'm not sure what's right. But yeah, luckily, uh, managed to get him and uh, ended up getting it by about a minute and a half, minute and 40 seconds in the end. But like, you, d- you don't dare look over your shoulder, do you? Because you're like, is, you, the other person knows that you're a bit tired. Don't know if you
0: the, do that. Sign of weakness. Sign of weakness. Sign of weakness. But um, yeah, fifth place, mate. Absolutely uh, incredible achievement. I know that you have a little bit mixed feelings about the results, but um, you were saying that, you, that it was like running through a dark kennel or something.
1: Running through a race. what?
0: Like, like a, a, a dog, said, like a wolf pack.
1: A dog. Oh, a, a dark kennel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the the amount of barks i had was absolutely insane and um like literally running down alley drive people on both sides you're running down a funnel the support down there was way better than before because of all the extra people that were there for the thursday race it was like way more spectators and um the the amount of barks i got and everything like that my dogs must have thought like they were in like a wolf pack or something it was it was crazy um but yeah the atmosphere was absolutely amazing with like in terms of that, you know, everyone barking and stuff and cause you know like it's obviously <laughs> for you when they're doing it, so yeah, it was, it was really good.
0: Yeah, I uh, I love following the race, mate. Like it was uh it was an awesome day out. It was a quick day out. Um by the way, um quick um quick update. So if you're listening right now, um we've dropped The pre-order of the merchandise, I just wanted to say this. We've got a cycling top, we've got a running top, and we've got a tri-suit. Pre-order starts now, Um, dropping at Christmas time. So you get it at Christmas time, but pre-order drops now. We've got this junkyard dog cycling top. You can go over our triflow Mockery Instagram page, and you can see what the design is like. It's absolutely flipping sexy. If you want to see some hats turned where you cycle or run around, get that thing um and um on the back we've got a chimp saying get fit or get fucked so joe what do you think of the design
1: i think it looks really good yeah i'm looking forward to seeing seeing the actual kit when it comes in person i think it looks awesome like you'll have to yeah guys check it out on the uh go on the instagram and check it out
0: so if you want to if you want to pre-order a uh, we've only got limited um uh, amount if you want to secure one of these uh these bad boys sent me they're from costelli so um it might be useful if you check sizing near your local store or if you have one i'm wearing i think an m or an l i need to check um but yeah check the size in send me a dm with what you want and the details
1: race kit as well isn't there
0: yeah race kit the high performance one haven't you it's the it's their best suit, the best suit. So we don't want to mess around with with like losing watch. or boys or and girls want to want to hit it hard off the front or off the back and like. So you'll you go, go faster
1: off. and you'll overtake more people and you can junkyard dog more people.
0: Exactly, Sign exactly. You. But anyway, uh, go over to the Instagram page and uh, you'll see all the uh, all the details. But is there anything else you want to say about Kona? What was the after party like? What was it like? I haven't heard about anything from the after party.
1: Uh, to be honest, I just went to the Hoka um, after party and that was that was pretty good. It wasn't packed, but it was um, like a nice amount of people and it was decent, you know. Some, I had a few drinks there, catching up with people. I didn't go to the one at Hargo's. But I think a lot of the athletes, mate, now they're a bit serious. They don't go to the parties as much, you know. It's all uh, lactate testing, uh, milkshakes and um, whatnot, you know. It's not really... Do you really, really, do beers, you really they? think?
0: Because... The amount of people that like Aussies and all that that were there, I don't think they're 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 not like that, mate.
1: No, nah, not the age groupers. Like they'll pretty be up for it. The Aussies definitely up for it. They always. Oh, are, you mean
0: you, you mean the pros, the other pros, or what?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there's been. I don't think because people are staying so far out and stuff like that. I think that kind of changed things a bit, didn't it, for people? You know, I
0: would. I am curious though. I would be curious to. um to hit it like proper hard in a bar and then do some lactate tests to see where it goes up to. I wanted to get the lactate
1: tester for the beer mile and give people like bonus seconds off their time, depending on what their lactate was. Like the higher the lactate, the more seconds you get taken off.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, Joe, I've got an Instagram post of the week, and it was the one from Race Morning. And we've got a sneaky dog that sent it to us in our DM.
1: Really? What, what's the what's the picture of? Because I haven't seen it yet. Tell
0: me, dude. Your your memory is still very foamy. I've sent you the picture before uh, we started. I'm start saying the podcast. it, mate.
1: For the po- I'm saying oh. it for the fucking oh. podcast. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right.
0: So, so it's, it's oh, <laughs> so it's, it's race morning. Getting the tension up, uh, mate. Getting
1: the tension. Yeah, yeah. Getting get
0: the tension. Getting the tension up. So. Picture this, it's race morning, you're walking down to the race start, in front of you is this very, 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 would you say he's a serious Ironman athlete?
1: What's he look like?
0: Well, the guy in the picture is walking in front of him, and he doesn't have one, but he's got two glucose sensors on both of his arms. Now, I'm not sure whether he read the description or not. It's not Christian, it's an age grouper.
1: Is it no. Gustav? Is it Gustav? It could be, could be Gustav, no?
0: yeah. Um, it's got to be yeah, one so of the it,
1: Norwegian boys, isn't it?
0: Oh, right, checking yeah, lactate
1: but... on but Checking glucose on both sides. Is the left side but working as efficiently as the right side? Maybe if you eat broccoli, it helps the right side keep the sugars down. Uh, green beans keep the sugars down the left side. You know, it might be all this, like, scientific stuff that, like, Different fruits and veg, keep keep uh, carbs down on one side of the body and higher on the other, you know? There's
0: I would say this, going on now. this guy is just wired differently. I would say he's wired differently. Um, some people are taking the extra percent. He's taking the extra percents, Joe. He's not doing one yeah. or two. He's going for like five to ten. I I, I bet I don't he's, know.
1: he tests his poo as well. I bet he tests his poo to see uh, how many calories he's digesting and stuff like that.
0: What if he would do an Ironman in 16 hours and he's got two glucose sensors?
1: I'd say you wouldn't have made the cutoff if you hadn't got that good decision, investment made.
0: That is true. What do these things cost nowadays?
1: £140 a month for a Super Sapiens. So he could be spending 280 quid a month.
0: Um, And would you also say this is extra pimping? Because sometimes, uh, sometimes me, you would it's do, for me. it's like, well, it's like some, some of these things are showy, right? It just shows you like, Hey, I can, it's like a Rolex. It's like an expensive car. It's like expensive clothing. It's like, you want to show that you've got the accessories. You've got the, the extra stuff. The, you like the nice stuff. You like the nice stuff. Um, well, would he's, you say? he's obviously minted. Like doubling enough. up. got a lot glue- of money, any? I think so. Well, yeah, Otherwise he you wouldn't.
1: 300 pounds. He's spending three and a half thousand pounds a year on glucose monitoring, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: double, like, double. That's,
1: that's like, you can get a car, you could get an average car on finance for 350 quid a month. He's paying it just to know what, how many sugars he's burning, you know, it's like nuts. that's, 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 that's throw money away, isn't it? You know, he's, he's, uh, I mean, imagine what else, imagine what his training rooms like, I bet he's got a right pimped up pain cave at home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also with two trainers, two bikes maybe two wives. Two you don't know. <laughs> you don't Yeah. He's living in Dubai. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't know what he's like, like, come on. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So again, go over to the Travel Mockery page for our uh, merchandise. And um, like we said in the beginning, the patrons will get the, um, if there's only, uh, if we manage to sell out to the patrons first. Yeah. Um, Joe, we'll be back on Tuesday, which is already in three days with a regular episode. And uh for now, I'm 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 glad you're back, mate. I'm, I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I'm back into a rhythm. Not sporting yet, but um I'll get back into it.
1: Yeah, I missed the show. It was just so hard to do it when we we're away, wasn't it, with the time difference? Because Dude, I couldn't really even could I couldn't even have a
0: normal time. chat with you. You wouldn't say like a WhatsApp message. You wouldn't say a call. I, I was saying beforehand in the last podcast that I was trying to do from extra podcast, didn't I? I tried to get a shitload of people on the show. No one wants to do it with 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 me.
1: Yeah, couldn't get people. He tried to get people on. So um there was nothing we could do. Like they just if the people you can take a cow to you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, can you? You were sending no. the messages, but they just—they just wouldn't come, would they?
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, Joe, I'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, see you then. All right.